0: Good morning and welcome back to the podcast. I have a couple of questions for you today. Number one, do you struggle to get your words written, as in to actually get them down on the page? Number two, do you often find yourself blocked as to your story or as to the words? Because sometimes the reason you can't get the words written is because you just don't know what's going to happen next in your story. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you know exactly what's going to happen and you still have a hard time getting the words down. So do either of those happen to you at all? Do you find yourself undecided about what's going to go into your story, or just having general doubts, even when you do make a decision and say, "Okay, this is what we're doing, this is what's going to happen in the story, we're moving forward." And then you start to second-guess yourself and have doubts about whether the reader is actually going to really connect with what you've done, whether that's good enough for the story? If you've ever had <laughs> any of those problems, if you have, don't worry, that's what we're going to talk about today and how to push past them. So Stay tuned. Hey there, aspiring fiction author. Do you dream of writing fiction that connects with readers and makes you money? Do you struggle to finish your manuscripts, dealing with indecision as to the plot or all-out writer's block? Are you sick of feeling that each time you write and publish a book, you're rolling the dice as to how the book will be received and how much money, if any, you'll make? Tired of hearing that marketing is a game of luck and testing and hopefully one day it will all come together for you. So you either give up amassing a file full of half-finished manuscripts and stop marketing all together because nothing seems to be working, or you push through, feeling constantly uncertain and wondering how on earth the top-selling authors on Amazon are doing it. (laughs) There is a way to simplify and streamline, a step-by-step process you can follow so you can finish your books with confidence, know your marketing will get results, and build a fiction business that sustains you. Hi, I'm Liesl, fiction coach, Christian manifestation enthusiast, and USA Today best-selling author want to steal all my secrets grab a pen and paper and put on your comfy slippers because i'm about to teach you fiction writing and marketing secrets not being taught in the fiction author space and those secrets will make all the difference in your fiction author success let's dive right in Okay, so if you are a fiction author or an aspiring fiction author who wants to really make a go of this to maybe make a career out of it, then you probably got to figure out how to make the words come, right? (laughs) Now, if you're like most authors who are currently trying to do that with, you know, the basic general methods that you see in the marketplace, then you're probably struggling with this. All right. So, you know, like I said, maybe you're having a hard time getting the words written. Now, if it's because... You do not know what's going to happen next in your story. That's not really what I'm talking about here today. Um, That obviously is a problem with not knowing what's gonna happen in your story, you need to figure out your story, you need to plan it. And, you know, obviously, I teach that too. But for today, I'm, I'm talking more about the actual act of getting the words down, you know, so maybe you've done all the things that people tell you to do, you know, you've created a certain ambiance for your writing, you've put together your writing space with, you know, a memorable scent, and you get comfortable and you know exactly you know, all the things that are gonna, you know, make it more conducive for you to get the words down. And you've turned off all your distractions, and you've set aside time where nobody will, bother you. But still, it's really, really hard to get the get yourself in the right mindset to write the words, right? And then there are different forms of this as well. Like I talked about just before the intro, you know, maybe you're blocked as to what's going to happen in your story. Maybe you have several ideas about what's going to happen. You know, I'm either going to do this, this or this, but then you can't decide which one would be best. Or maybe you're just doubting yourself and your writing abilities and your creativity in general, right? Or maybe you're even trying to do an outline, you know, if you're an outliner, and you just can't get any good ideas for what's going to happen, or how to connect the big events in the story, what's going to happen in between those big events, or, you know, as I often say, maybe you have the beginning, but not the end, or the end, but not the beginning, you know, we we all deal with this. And, you know, can you relate to that? Has any of that ever happened to you? I'm sure it has, right? Because it has, it's happened to most authors at some point in their careers. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you today. Here's the secret to this, and this is why this happens to you, and why most of what you've tried to fix it has not worked. It's because you're not approaching your story from your subconscious mind. Okay, so here's something that most authors don't realize, and most readers don't realize it either. It's something that I actually was thinking about it when I was um, writing the free training that I'm going to be doing here in about another week, and it kind of came to mind, and I was like, oh, I've never even talked about that before, have I? So About this for a minute. Readers, the way that they experience story comes from their subconscious mind. Have you ever thought about that? Do you realize that? So, think about what happens when you read a story. You don't just read the words on the page. It's not like, and then she went to the store. No, you're not reading the words, right? It's almost like you're relaxing your mind, and so that you can actually be inside the story, so you can actually experience it, right? You're, of course, you're envisioning it in your mind's eye but it's even more than that you know good writing you can smell the smells and taste the tastes and feel all the emotions of of the point of view character and all of that okay that does not come from the conscious mind the conscious mind is what directs you in what you're doing right now and if you're reading a book you're probably sitting in a chair or lying on a bed or maybe you're listening to it while you drive or whatever the case is but you have to relax the unconscious mind in order to really experience the story. So if you've ever had the experience where maybe you are listening to an audiobook and then you realize that your mind kind of wandered and you missed what they were just saying for the last five minutes, okay, that's because your conscious mind took over, right? Because you're worrying about something or thinking about what you need to do next or you know, whatever it was that took your attention away from the story. You have to relax your mind and use your subconscious mind to get into the story. And then you another way that you can tell this is true is because let's say you are reading you're totally engrossed in the story you've lost yourself in it and then something yanks you out of it now it could be the story itself because there's some bad writing going on there but it also could be that your kids you know knock something over in the kitchen and there's a crash or you know whatever the case may be something yanks you out of the story and then when that happens your conscious mind takes over again and you're no longer inside the world of the story so think about that stories are experienced by the reader from a a subconscious level So doesn't it just follow then that we ought to be writing our stories from that same subconscious level? I mean, it it only makes sense, right, that we ought to be doing that. And the thing is that some people are, some people do it naturally. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about how to fix these problems I talked about before. Um, You know, the block or not being able to get the ideas to flow or not be able to get the words down on paper, all of that. And really, it has to do with, yes, calling the muse when it comes to, you know, creative ideas, but also just turning on your creative flow in general, no matter what you're doing. You know, whether you already know what's going on in your story and are just trying to write the words, or if you don't know what's going on in your story and you're trying to figure that out. I mean, people have this belief that the muse is whimsical and we have to wait for it to come to us. But that's not the case at all. Okay. When the muse does come, it's because you're doing certain things that are calling it to you. Okay. You can open the floodgates of your own creativity. You can do that intentionally. So, like I was saying, there are some people who do write their stories from the subconscious mind, but a lot of times they don't realize they're doing that. You know, so they might just say, "Oh yeah, I just figured out that if I do this, this, and this, and I, you know, they're probably it's a certain sensation in their head, like they are relaxing their brain, and they just don't realize they're doing it. But once they figure that out, they know that anytime they do that, the story ideas or the words or whatever it is they're trying to do will flow. Those those things will um, just line up for them, and it becomes a lot easier to get the writing done. Um, but if you haven't figured out how to do that yet, then you're always hitting walls, and you're never sure if what you're doing is very good, or if it's going to connect with the reader, and all of that, right? So I'm going to talk about um, some ways that you can get this done and and what I actually teach in my programs. But I was thinking about, before I get to that, I was thinking about um, the elevation of stories. So it's just something that I've always kind of noticed, you know, over the years and and been maybe a little bit puzzled about because I, I wasn't sure exactly... Uh, you know, how to word it or how to frame it in my mind. But do you ever notice that stories, you know, if, if we use television or or film, as an example, stories that used to really be popular, you know, around the world, and that our, you know, earlier generations, our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents were entertained by, we're not entertained by those same things anymore. So a good example of that would be like daytime soap operas. I mean, those things went for like 40 years, okay, maybe it was longer than that 60 years, something like that. And yeah, everybody knew it was kind of trashy and re- entertainment. It was at the low end of the, of the spectrum. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with indulging in that kind of entertainment sometimes. But Then, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago, they went completely out of style and you can't really find daytime soap soap operas anymore because nobody was watching them. So, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, a child watch shows made for children that are like, you know, the song and dance or Teletubbies or I have no idea what little kids are watching these days, but um, to to watch shows that are age appropriate for them. And then, of course, as you grow up, your taste mature and you write or you watch or read things that are more age appropriate, you know depending on your age and how old you are. But more than that, it feels like, as a human race almost, our taste in stories has elevated. Because in general, we're not watching as much of the trashy entertainment anymore. We are demanding better entertainment. Now, in the audio-visual realm, like, you know, streaming, TVs, movies, whatever you want to call it, that can be a lot of things. It can be we're demanding better special effects, we're demanding better acting. If you go look at the old school acting, it's really kind of hilarious, right? Um, But it's more than that, too, because it's across the board. So we are demanding better audiovisual, we are demanding uh, better special effects and better acting and better um, technology and all of that. But we are also demanding better stories. And really, it is the masses that determine whether something is going to be successful or not. If it is speaking to them on any level, then it's going to do well. And there's going to be word of mouth and there's going to be reviews. And people really do vote with their pocketbooks because they will spend money to see good entertainment. And you really can't fake that. You know, if you have a movie that is terrible, and by terrible I just mean it's not well written, it's not a good story, the characters are completely flat, you know, or there's an agenda in it that people just don't want crammed down their throats, it's not going to do well. And that's something that we've learned in the past few years is that movies that have agendas that do not resonate with the general, you know, the average everyday person that's just living their life and, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, put food on the table and take care of their family and get some entertainment every once in a while, if it doesn't resonate with them, it's not going to do well. Okay, there, you can throw as much money at it as you want. People, again, people are just demanding better stories. So I was just kind of thinking about what that looks like, you know, if if people are not interested in soap operas anymore, then what do they want? Uh, Part of it is that they want transformational stories, although most viewers could not tell you that. They probably wouldn't use that word. But think about what soap operas were. I mean, much like the news, they're kind of the least common denominator all the time. You, You get like people who are doing really immature things. And again, not that that's not kind of fun every once in a while, but, you know, it's something like girl wants guy because he's cute and she really likes him but he's got a girlfriend so it's not even just a matter of like trying to win him over she (laughs) some of these women will go out of their way to frame that other woman for something criminal just to get her out of the way so she can steal her boyfriend you know what i mean and it's like okay yeah it's kind of entertaining but at the same time we would hope that most adults wouldn't do something like that you know so i guess i think what what people are asking for in terms of soap operas is just more mature protagonists who are dealing with real life problems that we have in our world. Because we're dealing with such different kinds of problems than that, that we look at that and go, okay, that's just like junior high and high school level problems. Let's, let's see something where people are dealing with real problems. And it doesn't mean that we don't like fantasy or don't like, you know, superhero movies or anything, but they need to be couched in something that we can relate to more. Right. And so that's what I mean when I say almost as a human race, as a whole culture, our taste in story is elevating because, We are demanding, I mean, really what it comes down to is we're demanding stories that we can relate to more. And because of all the stuff that's happened in the world over the last five to 10 years, we don't relate to that anymore. You know, the entire race has become more mature because our problems have changed. But we are demanding, again, more transformational stories, uh, more mature protagonists. Um, I was trying to think of other examples in different genres that we could look at for this Um, slasher films, you know, for horror slasher films still do okay and you know i don't mind a slasher film i've seen plenty of them i have a brother who's a slasher film aficionado he has like 300 of them on dvd um so i I don't mind a slasher film but at the same time they're not doing as well as they did in the 70s and 80s and even 90s and it's because people want more than that there will always be a following for slasher films but now people are looking more for elevated horror which is more Again, it's just more mature, it's more realistic, and it's it really hits a lot deeper on the emotional scale. Um, the most recent elevated horror that always comes to mind for me, even though it's a few years old now, is A Quiet Place. I mean, that was one of the best horror movies I've ever seen that was not a slasher movie, right? So again, it's just people asking for something better. Um, the other one I wrote down is that the news cycle, people are not watching as much the five o'clock news anymore, not like they did when I was growing up. And that's because we've kind of learned that a lot of the news cycle has an agenda. And we're looking for more reputable sources that are not going to be as much entertainment, that is not going to be as much one sided, and that are going to give us truth. And so what I was thinking about with that is that that's kind of true across all of these examples. It's just another way to look at it. Of course, the news is nonfiction as opposed to a fiction example. But like I said, in the fiction, we're looking for things that we relate to more, we're looking for things that are more real world for us, we're, you know, people who are dealing with real problems, like we deal with in our world. And really, that's a matter of looking for truth inside the fiction. That's what people are wanting. That's what people are asking for. And so my point in all this, this is a little bit of a, this is me being a nerd and geeking out about something that's a little bit of a tangent for a minute, but um, we need to give them that. If, if the if tastes in stories are maturing or elevating, then the way we discover and craft our stories, and of course, the finished product of our stories, that needs to elevate and mature as well. We need to be stepping it up a notch, right? Not just, um, you know, I'm sorry, for lack of a a better way to say it, not just copying Twilight or putting out things that are like soap operas anymore. And, And again, I'm not bashing those. There's a time for that always. I mean, we all like Every once in a while, we all need the story where you got either two girls fighting over the guy or two guys fighting over the girl. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's some cotton candy stories that we really really love, but overall, people are asking for better stories than that. And I think that we need to do both because I think that um, you can definitely do that story and still have an elevated story, right? You can you can do that um, dynamic and put it into a story, but that also has a transformation in it, and then you've still done, you know, that drama that people really love, but you've just couched it in something that people want a little bit more rather than it being just that and feeling very high school drama, right? Okay, so all of that is just to say that um, with stories elevating, we need to elevate the way that we are writing our stories as well. And as I said before, the muse is not whimsical. We can control it. People don't always believe that. And some people don't want to believe that there's something kind of romantic about believing that the the muse only comes sometimes. And it's so capricious. And and you know, maybe it only comes to the specialist of people or, or something like that. But that's you guys, that's utter nonsense. Um, it's just a matter of knowing what to do to get the creativity flowing. And what I will tell you is that the seat of your creativity is always going to be in your subconscious mind. That's where it comes from. And when you're not being creative, it's because that creativity is being blocked by your conscious mind by everything you have to do during the day. Right. And again, nothing wrong with that. But when you're going to intentionally be creative to sit down and write a story, you need to turn that off and focus entirely on your subconscious mind. So how are we going to do that? Well, um, one of the ways that I teach to do it, and that you've heard me talk about on the podcast a little bit in previous months is through meditation. Meditation helps with mindset, it specifically taps into your subconscious mind. So when people talk about how they're meditating to do anything to um, build a su- successful business or find their soulmate or, um, you know, manifest money or, you know, whatever the case is, they're really tapping into the subconscious mind. And that's different than the conscious mind because it works entirely differently. You know, you've got to build your foundation on your inner game, which is your mindset. And if you do that, things become a lot easier. It doesn't mean you don't have to do the work. doesn't mean, you know, things are going to happen overnight for you. You still have to do all of that, but it becomes a lot easier to do, and it also gives you the direction to do it in. So, um, a lot of what I teach is different forms of meditation to get your writing done. So, of course, there's guided meditation, which is what most people think of. You know, you pop your earbuds in, you listen to a guided meditation. But journaling is also a form of meditation. Um, you can use meditation to release fear. So, remember when I was talking about um, not having the confidence in your own writing. Some of that's going to come from knowing exactly what readers will connect with. If you, you know, have the strategy that you know will work, then obviously that's going to help you be more confident. But you can also use meditation to release fear and actually feel more confident from the inside out. Um, you need to own your identity as a writer and meditation can help with that. And of course, there's that creative flow, it helps you tap into your creative flow, it will help the ideas start to come. And it will help you to train your brain to be in the right state to get the writing done. Okay, so even even doing the meditation, it takes a little bit of work, you've got to do the meditation, you've got to, you know, practice it until you get the result that you want, it's not going to happen overnight. But that's how you acquire that skill. And it really doesn't take very long once you start doing it. So in order to Like I said, call the genius to you anytime you want. To be intentional about it, to open those floodgates to your creativity. Um, There's really two different parts to it. The first part is meditation, which I just talked about. The second part is creative discovery of your story, and I usually do this uh, teach my students to do this through structured journaling. So the really great thing about this is that you are meditating. And this is the most direct way to tap into your subconscious mind and in order to write your story. So when I said that before, I'm sure you were probably thinking, Okay, well, what does that mean? How do I do that? You know, this is how it's, um, like I said, journaling is a form of meditation, because when you journal, you're actually relaxing your conscious mind. And I'm sure anyone who has journaled, you've experienced this, you sit down to journal, and then the ideas just start to flow, right. And pretty soon, you know, maybe you were just going to write a paragraph in your journal and all of a sudden you've written four pages or whatever the case may be, right? Because you're relaxing your brain. And once you start really tapping into your subconscious mind, the energy starts to flow and the ideas and the thoughts. And those are really, really deep thoughts that are coming from your subconscious. So they're very, very powerful. And that's why journaling works so well when you're trying to work through something, right? So um, I use what I call creative discovery of your story through structured journal prompts. And the really great thing about this is that it combines the outlining and the pantsing. So if you're a pantser thinking, oh, I don't think that I could learn from her because she's an outliner. Well, I've always been a pretty hardcore outliner, so that much is true. But you will be panting in order to outline. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a really good combination of the two. And so whether you are a pantser or an outliner, this really will work for you. And it will probably change the way that you think about story and the way you approach your fiction. And that's what most people tell me is that they've just never done that before. And they, they couldn't believe how much that opened things up for them. And, and they are thinking about fiction completely differently now. Um, so anyway, the point is that it is possible to learn how to call the muse to you at any time so that you're not struggling with these issues anymore. And you can just focus on writing your unique and fabulous stories and getting them out to readers who are waiting for them. And then you really can build a um, sustainable fiction business if that's something that you want. Now, if you are not that interested in going full time, that's okay. But these techniques will still help you get out that story that you want to write. You know, maybe it's just one story that you have and want to just get it out to the world because it's a bucket list thing. Or maybe you just want to do it part time. Uh, But this will still help it help it flow more easily to you and help you achieve success faster, because you won't be struggling with those issues of trying to get your words down, trying to get the ideas to flow, worrying that, um, you know, what you have chosen for your story, that readers are not going to connect with it, you know, those things are all roadblocks for us. And once we learn to work through them, it is a skill. And things become a lot easier once we get past those roadblocks, right? Right. Okay. So that's pretty much what I have for you today. I hope that got you thinking a little bit about the world and, um, the kinds of stories that we need to be writing. I feel like we have the opportunity to be kind of a whole new generation of writers who is going to elevate the world through the entertainment that we put out. And that's kind of my mission to get people to that point. Let's, let's put a million transformational stories into the world. Um, if this is something that you're interested in, if you enjoyed this, if you want to learn more, then I would encourage you to sign up for my free training. Um, it is called How to Use Secret Reader Triggers to Write Better Stories, Sell More Books, and Eventually Create a Sustainable Fiction Business. Okay. This is a free training. I'm gonna be running it for a couple of weeks, so you'll have more than one uh, time you could sign up for. Uh, but you can go to the sign-up page by going to the link bit.ly forward slash uh, secret reader triggers, and I will link that up in the show notes. Okay. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful weekend. And with that, I'm going to send you off manifesting for you tons of creativity, happiness, and many, many royalties. See you next time, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.